0: Small Biz Stories is brought to you by Constant Contact. Constant Contact is committed to helping small businesses and nonprofits connect with new and existing customers with email marketing. You can be a marketer, all it takes is Constant Contact. Find out more at ConstantContact.com. And just knowing that the harder I work, I was going to benefit. I wasn't, you know, you can work like crazy for somebody else, but, you know, they're not going to appreciate you necessarily. Um, and just knowing that. All the hard work I was doing was, was going to come back to me, and it was going to pay off.
1: Don Noble is the owner of La Provence in Rockport, Massachusetts. Like all the owners we've spoken to in the first season of Small Biz Stories, Don has a gift. From the moment you enter her store, you're transported by the vibrant colors of French linens and bright bread baskets. The French milled soaps fill the store with smells of jasmine ginger and rosemary mint. It's the type of place you could spend hours exploring each and every detail. Since taking over the store 10 years ago, Dawn has learned what it takes to be a successful small business owner. Today, in our final interview of the season, Dawn shares the unexpected way she became a business owner, her biggest challenges and lessons, and her best advice for others looking to start their own business. More than 50% of small businesses fail within the first five years. These are the stories of those who beat the odds. My name is Dave Charest, and I'll be your host as we share the stories of some of the bravest people you'll ever meet, small business owners. You'll hear how they got started, their biggest challenges, and their dreams for the future. Becoming a business owner can take months or even years of careful planning. But for Don, the journey started unexpectedly.
0: It was sort of happenstance. It was completely by accident. I was working at um, what was then called the Greenery Restaurant, and um, I was about to start graduate classes. I'd finished college, and I, it was my favorite store in town, La Provence. I had tablecloths from there, I had soap, I had colognes. I loved the owners, they were great guys. Um, and Bill one of the previous owners Bill Chisholm came into the restaurant one day And he just said he they were trying to sell the business one of the owners was really sick It wasn't it wasn't an ideal situation for them. So they were looking um, f- Basically for an exit strategy from the business. Um, it had been their baby for 10 plus years. So it was really hard um, So he came into me one day and he just we were talking and he said, you know, you should you should buy La Provence And I was like, "Um, yeah, no, (laughs) what? (laughs) I was like, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. I know know nothing. You know, I had an art background, a photography background, and I have waitressed for, you know, for 10 plus years. And uh, so I went home and I mentioned it to my dad, who is an entrepreneur himself. And I said, what do you think, dad? And he said, go for it. And I was shocked because I just couldn't believe my dad said go for it. so I I thought about it and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give it a try. So I basically had... (laughs) A three-month plan, <laughs> like literally a three-month plan. Um, they, the guys were great. They helped me with my first big order to France. I took, um, I basically sent all the money I had to a company in France that I wasn't even sure existed. Um, it was a total leap of faith, and, and I just sent all my money over there, and I hope they sent me products, and they did, thankfully. Um, and I've just been going ever since. That was 10 years ago, so it's, it's, it's been awesome. It's been amazing.
1: Making the switch from customer to business owner meant Dawn had to learn a lot in the first year. She remembers her biggest challenges.
0: Well, money, because I, I didn't take out any loans. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna do this on my own. I'm gonna my biggest learning experience was what sells. I don't know anything about what's gonna sell. Yeah. So they helped me uh Jean-Francois and Bill helped me with the first orders and any questions, they were great. I would call them with questions every <coughs> every single day, basically. I would call them. Um but their style too was so different. Yeah. So I learned that in the beginning, where they they were steering me towards products that I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. have the same um, affinity for. Yeah. So it took me like three or four years to really make the store my own. Probably five years, where everything in the store was more handpicked by me, and yep. and sort of I learned what the customers were looking for, what their needs were, you know, what they were gonna basically want to buy and put in their homes.
1: Aside from money, yeah. what were some of the challenges that you were running into?
0: Oh, God, everything What <laughs> wasn't a challenge. Um, knowing the inventory, knowing how much to order. Um, my orders were all over the place. I mean, the orders I used to place, when I look back, I just laugh because I would, you know, I would spend $500 with a soap company. Now I don't... Sp- I don't place an order unless it's 3000 I mean, I just don't. And before I'd be like, okay, I'll just, I don't need three cases. I'll just get one case. And now I'm like, okay, we're, we're in it. Yeah. <laughs> if we don't have it, we can't sell it. Um, so that was just learning the inventory, learning what sells, learning when to order because, you know, you don't order inventory one day and get it the next. Sometimes it can be two to three weeks. And if you miss two to three weeks in the summer you miss a lot of money in Rockport. So you have to time out your orders. You have to be really you have to be really ahead of that. Yeah. Um, so just knowing when, especially when to place the order to France, because that takes a long time to come here. Um, so knowing how to time that, um, you know, definitely what to order, what your customers are looking for, and making time just to pay bills. Just to, I mean, when you're working 70 hours a week in the beginning, when do you pay your electric bill? Yeah. You know, you got to, you got to come up with a, a schedule, basically.
1: Getting to know her customers and staying organized helped Dawn gain confidence as a business owner. Dawn also maintained strong relationships with other business owners in her community. Together... They support each other and work to drive business during the slower winter season.
0: I mean, it was great because I knew so many shop owners from coming in the restaurant. They all mm-hmm. knew me, and I knew like so many locals and even tourists that come once a year. They knew me from the restaurant, yeah. so a lot of them followed me to the store. You know, they they love to come check in, and you know, they've grown with me over the past ten years. Yeah. They know my kids. My, you know, they come in and ask about my family, yeah. my kids, and I do the same. So it's. I can't imagine being isolated. I, I just can't imagine the big city feel because it's yeah. so, like, I, you know, when we just walked up the coffee shop, right. I said hi to 10 people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, everybody knows each other.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, it's a great town. It's awesome. Yeah.
1: So, seasonality, right? You mentioned that a bit. Yep. So, what's, tell us about what's your, your ebb and flow like with the year?
0: So, Rockport is known as a seasonal town, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I am open year round. A lot of my fellow business owners through, um, through Dock Square and Main Street are open year-round. But we still have that stigma that we shut down. So it's mm-hmm. tough. We've tried to do different promotions and to, to promote throughout the summer that, yeah, we're here. We're here all winter long. Yeah. Um, but it is tough because we're at the end of the line. You don't accidentally pass through Rockport. you got to be coming here, <laughs> yeah. you know, unless yeah. you're really lost. Um, so we're trying to attract people in the off-season, mm-hmm. um, and that's been tough. But we, we do have a pretty long season. Um once May hits, that's you know we get busy for May, and then through the summer crowds, and then we have a great fall crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, usually people coming to see the foliage, a lot of bus tours, and then the holidays are great here. Um, I think more people should come here during the holidays because mm-hmm. it's so it's just beautiful here during Christmas time. is my favorite time of year in Rockport. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, but then yeah, January, February, and March. It's yeah, it's tough to get people to come to Rockport. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, trying, we're trying different things, me and a few other shop owners, um, because this is our, it's our livelihood. It's yeah, our job, and unless I'm going to get another job, which yeah. I don't want to. Um, <laughs> you know, we've got to really step it up and work together yeah. to attract people here.
1: As you might imagine, the holidays are a busy time for Dawn. I asked her how she inspires people to shop small and support local businesses during this busy season.
0: December is a huge month for us, um, especially where we're we're very gift oriented. We have so many gifts for all price. I mean, if you have if you're looking to buy a twenty dollar gift, we have. Not only do I have plenty of gifts to sell you, the whole. I mean, there's so many great stores in Rockport. Um, It's like an outdoor an outdoor shopping plaza. It's Mm -hmm. great, and there's we're all so different. Um, You're not going to see pretty much not going to see any of the same product lines in the stores. Um, so you can find something for everybody. Um so yeah, it's it's huge, the holidays for most business owners here.
1: Is there anything you do from a marketing perspective for the holidays differently or specifically?
0: Um, well, I do different promotions for Black Friday. Um, I registered for Shop Small Saturday. So a group of us get all the um, we get the bags and we'll do different promotions for that day. We hand out the bags. Um, and then the shopping night is is huge for us that first Friday. Yeah. We do a lot for that night. And then every weekend I usually kind of have an open house feel. I'll have food and drinks out every weekend for people okay. as like a thank you yeah. for, you know, choosing to come to Rockport yeah. and shop local yeah. instead of hitting the malls. Yeah. You know, so anything I can do to anything I can do to encourage people to shop yeah. in Rockport. So I'll do. I was going to say
1: is there anything in particular that you do with your marketing or whatever it is that to make sure you stand out versus other people? Well,
0: my goal is to send out, and during the holidays is when I send out the most emails. I try to send out one a week, mm-hmm. um, and usually what I list in my emails is not just about me but what's happening in town because a lot happens around Christmas in Rockport, so I want to give people a reason to come here. You know, mm-hmm. Santa comes by boat. We have the tree lighting, the, the pageant. Um, so I'll share all that information, and at the same time, I'll share what's happening at the store, gift ideas. Uh, one year I did fifty fifty gifts under fifty dollars, and I had a whole slideshow I sent out, um, and that was that was great. People really responded to that. Um, I'll try to insert buttons into my uh, emails okay. so people that aren't gonna drive here, they can just shop right in the email, or they can link to the website. Yeah. Um, So anything I can do to drive traffic to the website um, for people that aren't in driving distance is is huge for us.
1: While boosting business around the holidays is important, Dawn knows she needs to drive sales during the slower months. A few years ago, she started using email marketing to communicate with her customers and keep them updated throughout the year.
0: Capturing their email is huge um, because a lot of times people will be from california vermont florida they're they're visiting rockport once a year at best sometimes Mm -hmm. so if i can communicate with them throughout the year that's amazing and if i can reach them through an email that's great um so once they sign my mailing list they go Mm -hmm. on the mailing list and and we'll send out one to two emails a month depending on what the news is like we like to share when we have new products and to engage them um, and just to stay on their mind, really. Yeah. We need to, I need to be on their radar. Yeah. So.
1: Is there anything you offer in exchange for that email address or is it just a stay connected with us? Type no,
0: of thing? it's basically just stay updated. Yeah. Um, we try to do private sales with the mailing list. Mm. Um, so usually we'll send out private, you know, email a, yep. about different events. If we're doing a private sale, um, the, the email list is always the first to know about it because yep. those are my customers. So. I want to reward them.
1: You know, yeah, very good. how did How did you get started with email marketing?
0: Um, my friend Bill, actually the previous owner who is a fine art artist mm-hmm. uh, located in Somerville, Mass, he actually pushed me towards constant contact because I was sending out these really horrible emails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, in the beginning, I was just sending out really bad emails because you know, you got to learn, you don't know. <laughs> and they just looked horrible. Oh, my God. And he, um, he was like, You gotta try this. You gotta try Constant Contact. Yeah. And I'm like, Okay, I've heard of that. All right, all right, I'll try that. And just obviously, all the tools and Constant Contact, my emails look a million times better and more professional. Yeah. You know, it, I, I look more professional, which is <laughs> huge.
1: With 10 years of experience behind her, Dawn has made countless improvements over the years. From marketing tweaks to moving her shop across the street to a better location six years ago, she continues to put more and more of herself in the store. What would you say uh, is your biggest challenge or biggest challenges right now at this point in your business?
0: Time. For me, it's time with a young family. Um, I want to be in the store more, even though... Running the store, 90% of it ha- happens outside the store. I mean, I'm, I can't be behind the counter and pay bills and place orders. And I love being in the store. So for me right now, it's finding a balance between having time to be in the store, but then having time to run the website, time to do the email marketing, time to do all the social media, you know. So making sure I pay all my vendors and ordering. It's taking inventory. It's a lot. Yeah. And then, you know, I have a... a I basically have a two kids under five. So it's, yeah, Yeah. they, they, they're pretty needy. (laughs) 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 So yeah, it's, and the store is so needy. The store is my first baby. I mean, it's, it's needy, you know? So yeah, it's sometimes when I come here, I'm like, Oh, this is so easy. This is, this is my break getting to go to work. You know, success for me is just about being able to run my business, um, have a happy family, have time for my family. Um, And that's it. Basically, yeah. I mean, the sky is the limit with La Provence, but for me, it's more balance between business and my family. Mm -hmm. I have two young kids, and my husband just started his own business. So as much as I love to work, you know, I want to be with my family, too. Mm -hmm. So right now, I'm very lucky that I have the perfect mix of work and family. Mm -hmm. So I feel really blessed. And then when the kids are both in school down the road, I mean, I could see my focus would maybe be on opening another location They're expanding the website, but yeah, definitely.
1: Meeting Dawn, it's hard to imagine her at a time before she owned La Provence. The pride and fulfillment she feels from owning her own business has become part of her identity. As she said earlier, she knows her hard work will come back to her. I asked Dawn, what keeps her going through those emotionally draining times?
0: I think basically, just in the back of my mind, uh, I'd have to get a job. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have to get a real job, and I always think, who would hire me? I mean, (laughs) sometimes when you're you're an entrepreneur, you just you feel like um, you're like unhireable once you've done once you've taken the dive. Like you can't go back. Like I, I was joking with a friend of mine who owns a bakery, and she was talking about closing. I'm like, you realize you'll have to get a job. She's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, you'll have to have a boss. And she was like, oh, yeah, never mind. It's so <laughs> funny. She's like, never mind. Um, but, yeah, and just knowing that you're making a difference for your family, that keeps you going, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, uh, and I have great customers, and I have a great staff, and I'm in this awesome town. It's the worst things I could be doing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure.
1: Listening to Don, I'm reminded of the importance of finding your unique gift and building on it each day. Don's success comes from seeing fellow business owners not as competitors, but as potential collaborators.
0: My biggest lesson, um, do what you do and do it well. Don't, I mean, there's 60 stores that have come and gone in the 10 years I've been in business. And some look at other people's perceived success and they try to imitate it. And you can't, you got to, whatever you do, do it well. Don't, I can't be worried about what someone else is selling and try to sell it. It's a small town. i got to stick with my lines and stick with what I'm selling, what my store's about, and what I want to, you know, my, what's my presentation? You know, what is my store? What, yeah. Who am I? I can't be worried about the 60 other stores in town, what they're doing, because yeah. that's, that's a lot of pressure.
1: Here's Don's best advice for someone thinking about starting a business of their own.
0: you got to follow your gut. Sometimes you, you what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to make a mistake? You're gonna definitely make mistakes. Um, but as long as you follow your own path, it's your mistake, you know? I mean, I think as long as you you keep to your vision and follow what you're doing, you, you kinda can't go wrong. If you believe in what you're doing, you're gonna do it well. And it, you gotta be willing to work. You gotta be willing to work when it snows, when it rains, when it's sunny out. I mean, yeah, you just, I think the biggest thing is you gotta be willing to show up. If you don't show up, somebody else is showing up somewhere else.
1: This episode concludes our interviews for season one of Small Biz Stories. When we started this project six months ago, we set out to share the stories of successful small business owners so others could learn from those who came before them. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast as much as we've enjoyed producing it. Hard work, determination, drive to pursue their passion, and the desire to be their own boss show just how special small business owners are. We wish you continued success as you work towards beating the odds and achieving your small business dreams. We appreciate you listening and would love to hear what you think of the show. Your feedback is important to us, so please go to iTunes or Stitcher right now and leave us a review. Small Biz Stories is produced by myself, Dave Charest, Sean Cronin, and Miranda Paquette. You can contact us at podcast at constantcontact.com. Small Biz Stories is brought to you by Constant Contact. Constant Contact is committed to helping small businesses and nonprofits connect to new and existing customers with email marketing. You can be a marketer. All it takes is Constant Contact. Find out more at ConstantContact.com.